Hey everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday true car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz awesome. begin! Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for another After Buzz After Show for Madam Secretary. We are here with Just Another Normal Day, episode four of our premiere season. And in spirit in studio today, we have a special guest. We have Eric Bergen. He's on our Skype screen. Hi. Hi. So I'm your host, Courtney Henderson. And with me in studio today, I've got... Hello, I'm Sterling Cates. Well, let's. I, we just kind of want to pick your brain to start, I think. Oh, my God, it's 2 in the morning where I am, so be careful <laughs> how much picking you do. <laughs> he is calling us from New York. That is how dedicated he is to the show and to the fans, so we thank you, thank you for coming. I really just wanted to show off my luxurious New York apartment. Oh, Ooh. give us a little tour. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no tour. But so, so if, you film in New York. Yeah. So you lived there before that, though, we know, because you did Jersey Boys. Well, actually, I, it's funny, I, I was born and raised here in Manhattan, but then, um, when I was 20 years old, I left and went on the road with Jersey Boys. I never did it on Broadway. Oh, okay. And, okay. uh, did it, uh, on the road and, uh, uh, in Las Vegas for two years. And then I, uh, I moved to Los Angeles and I've been there ever since we just did the movie of Jersey Boys last summer. And that was sort of my final hurrah in, uh, in uh, L.A., and uh, this little show called Madam Secretary moved me back to uh, New York City. Back to home? I like yeah. how... I like how you said little show, T. Leone, you know, just some little show. Yeah, <laughs> CBS on Sunday nights, you know, little, little <laughs> Just this little new gig you got going. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so tell us a little bit about what it's been like working on this show and being on a network TV show and hit series. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's 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 something that I've never done before. You know, every project that I've always done has had an end date in sight. Mm-hmm. 
I suppose, you know, in the theater, you know, you do, I've done a couple of shows that, you know, you, you hope that it runs forever, but you know that you're going to leave it eventually. You know, so it's, it's very interesting to sort of be uh, locked down into something that you truly don't know how long it's, it's going to go on. And obviously the, the positives and the negatives that come from that. Um, but of course, when you're on a big network TV show, that onslaught of, of, you know, just sh- that combination of show business and corporate and everything. It just comes mm-hmm. right in your face. Um, and you, uh, it, it's really, it was baptism by fire for me because I've never had my own show. So it's been a thrilling experience, but it's been a lot. It's just been a lot at once. And also, you know, living out of a suitcase because moving back here just like days before we started, I mean, I still have boxes that are unpacked. It's, it's been a unique experience. <laughs> So, I mean, we, we've talked to lots of people who do, I, I've talked to people more that do sitcoms. So obviously this isn't a sitcom. You get an hour long. So, yeah. uh, you know, what's like the typical week filming? Well, it's, uh, you sort of, you know, you, it takes about 10 business days to film an episode. We don't film on the weekends, um, which coming from the theater world was such a luxurious thing for me <laughs> to have my weekends back instead of, you know, uh, two shows on Saturday and two shows on Sunday. Um, and then, uh, depending on the episode, you know, I'll, I'll work everywhere from, uh, three days for, per episode to, you know, like seven days for an episode. So it, it just differs as to how much I'm in the episode. Um, but you know, it'll be uh, a day of nothing at all. They're just mm-hmm. like what literally <laughs> just waiting at my house to do find something to do. Uh, and then the next day it'll be up at four in the morning and we'll film until, you know, nine, ten o'clock at night. So the it, it's just very weird as opposed to someone like Taya who really does have a set schedule. I mean, she's up at 4.30 a.m. every day and done at nine o'clock every single day, if not more, you know. Right. Uh, right. Her workload is is insane. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, you all seem like a pretty tight-knit group on the show. It's very quick. It seems really easy. So talk a little bit about the dynamic between, you know, the team of people that are under Madam Secretary. We're a bit of a, um island of misfit toys. Um, <laughs> for a lot of us, this is our first big TV thing. And for um, a lot of us, this is also like, uh, you know, uh, another gig, you know, there are people who have been on the show for, who, who have been on this show who have been on many legendary TV shows. Uh, you know, think of BB Newworth first off, uh, Michelle Ivonic. I mean, there's, there's so many, um, when I was first getting involved in the show, every name I heard, um, I knew immediately. I mean, there are some legendary actors on this show. Uh, Keith Carradine, who plays the president, was a, a, a hero of mine. He was uh, he played Will Rogers in the Will Rogers Follies on Broadway. He was like a musical theater hero <laughs> of mine. Um, and and that is also the, the cast is made up of, of theater actors: BB uh, Jelko, me, Patina, um, Jeffrey. You know, all these people. We all sort of come from not the Hollywood life we're all sort of like just want to have a great piece of writing and have a great gig and and it's because we all really come from the theater um and it this sort of casual vibe on set or maybe casual is the wrong word but just fun and loose and not tense that vibe really starts at the top and that's really set by taya i mean she is such a a uh 
wild, kooky, but the best and like the nicest, the most fun person I've ever worked with. Um, and it takes a lot of energy to be that just normal and star in a major television show and not be worrying about the things that lots of TV stars, you know, worry about or that angle or things like that. I mean, she is such a, a, uh, she's a little bit of a tomboy, but then she's also this gorgeous, you know, it's, it's, it's weird with her. She's like everything you would always want, uh, as your leader. Um, and that also goes for our producers, Laura McCreary and, and Morgan Freeman and, uh, and our creator and our writer, Barbara Hall. Everyone is very collaborative and fun. And, uh, I kept hearing horror stories about what working on a network television show was like <laughs> from friends of mine who have done it, but I haven't experienced that at all. And they're all probably <laughs> super jealous. <laughs> you get this. <laughs> So, you know, working with all of these different people and, and going to set, do you have these kind of aha moments, uh, you know, just where you're trying to, it's just kind of surreal, even still, or was it really quick? Because you're obviously a trained season actor, so you're just now getting to do what you love doing on a network show. That is true, but there is, it's funny because, um, you know, friends of mine who are in Broadway shows are things and say oh man you have it made you know you're you're on a tv show now it's all set for you and what they don't realize is like it's so the opposite i mean the thing about theater is it works very simple you open a show and people buy tickets when they stop buying tickets you close uh in television there is this game you know first you have to get you have to get an audition to be in a tv show then you have to get into a you know a pilot the pilot then has to get picked up then when the pilot gets picked up it has to go through, you know, the, is it good enough to be picked up for the full season? And then you'd be picked up for season two. It's like an endless amount of anxiety. You're wondering why I'm up at 2 a.m. right now. <laughs> it's because I'm waiting for our numbers to come in from, you know, from tonight's episode. It really is a very intense thing. And, and that's something that a lot of us who are new to this world are sort of like, you know, uh, that's the thing that we sort of talk about on the ride to work every, every morning. Or as the seasoned pros are like, ah, well, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is. And I'm like, ah, uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, the aha moments, there's a lot of them, uh, not just on the business side, but also just, you know, in front of the camera, um, because it's so fast. So you have to, you know, working with actors that you trust and, and train actors, um, because everything is happening so fast and there's no time to think about the things that you learned in drama school. You know, what did my character have for breakfast? I mean, that is really out the window. Uh, so you really rely on, on working with other people who are really masters at their craft. And this, this show is, is obviously filled with them. What was the casting process for you, like specifically? Um, was it a part that you were after or was it, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, I uh, I got a um, a script sent to me by my agent and uh, sent me the script out of interest and the and the, the part was described as uh, actually it's funny I can pull it up in my email on this exact laptop my my original audition sheet uh, uh, it says something like young very put together Kennedy esque assistant. And that immediately was like, okay, that I, I get that. I totally get the sort of like that stuck up thing and very sort of, uh, regal or, you know, East coast, uh, uh, Cape Cod type thing. And, um, uh, I read the script and instantly as I was reading the script, 
I knew that I would be watching the show this fall. I immediately thought, oh, I'll watch this. Like, this is great. Like, this feels like a solid, this isn't an, an artsy, you know, weird script that I'm like, I, what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> this script is very clear. I felt like I knew what the show was. I could see the cam- camera angles right as I was reading it. Um, and I, I loved the character. I mean, I knew exactly what to do with this character. And uh, so I, I, I even set up an audition. The casting director is a man named Mark Sachs, who also cast The Good Wife, and he's cast every show under the sun. And I've actually known Mark since I was 10 years old. And uh, so my agent set up an audition and uh, went in, and, and two auditions later, and then the, uh, the extremely scary testing process uh, happened and uh, got a call. It was sort of a very basic by-the-book audition. There wasn't much of a um, uh, you know, crazy story involved. Wow. Well, this actually goes along with this really perfectly. I just got a Twitter question from at Meredith A. Parks, and Mm -hmm. it says, ask Eric how he celebrated when he found out he booked Madam Secretary and if he can sing us something. (laughs) (laughs) If I can sing you something, Uh it should be a Madam Secretary theme song. Um, I don't know. Maybe in honor of BB, it should be like a, you know, re, uh, a re rewording of cheers theme song. Sometimes you want to go wherever. No, let's say There we go. Uh, uh, yeah. We love uh, it. Uh, what did I do? What was the first thing I sell? Oh, I bought a bag at Louis Vuitton. That's nice. The- <laughs> That's how you know you've made it. <laughs> I bought luggage because I was moving to New York and I was going to do it in style. I love it. That's what yeah. I would have done, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Will we get to see more of your character in the, you know, as the season progresses? Do you get insight yeah. on that yeah i mean the way they've they, the way that they're writing what i've been noticing is that the way they sort of write my character is that uh you know there's a lot of crazy stuff happening and a lot of dramatic and intense stuff and then when the writers decide that the audience needs a break from that they cut to me and <laughs> right. uh um but actually i do get more involved uh uh with the actual government side of things a little bit um uh starting actually with the next episode but like for example you know i'll have this next episode uh that uh, you guys will see next weekend and actually the one that we're filming right now i'm very much involved but there's a flashback episode uh that happens um i think it's like episode eight or nine maybe it's episode nine and uh you know i'm barely in that it's just sort of you know whatever it is i mean and, and they're also you know, we're still, we're only on episode 10 right now. I think the writers are up to episode 12. So, you know, we're still figuring it, it out. Mm-hmm. We're not that far ahead of where you guys are watching. So we're still figuring it out as we go along. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely more involved coming up. Good. Good. I think that that's something from, you know, watching just like you said, you know, this is so early on. We're on episode four tonight. When we first got introduced to the staff or, you know, her staff or Marsha's staff that became her staff, Mm-hmm. It was so fun to see you kind of like what you were saying. You're that nice breath of fresh air from all of the intensity, but not in a flighty kind of dumb way. You know, right. you, you can still tell you're intelligent, you're with it, you're put together. And from the beginning, you're on her team, which makes us who love her and her character love you love- already. Yeah. Right. And that's really the thing. I mean, is that she's going to have, she has so many people you know she has she has walked into this job that has 
um, so much, so much going against her. Um, she doesn't know how to play the games that everyone else is used to. And all of these people, they really belong to, uh, Marsh. They were all Marsh's guys. Um, and, or, or, or and, you know, and girls, uh, but, um, she has a lot of people that she doesn't know who to trust. Um, and she has people who turn on her and change on her and, I'm sort of her one mainstay, her one sort of solid thing that she can, you know, turn to. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's a great thing to have. And that, and that's a, you know, I, I feel that Taya and I definitely have that kind of, uh, relationship now and, and the characters do as well. So, um, yeah, I love that as well. Good. Good. Talking about tonight's episode, there's something. What is the end of Henry's joke that he brings up in every every scene? Do you know? Were you guys tossing around ideas, or was it not funny, so it wasn't included? <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if they wrote it. I don't know if <laughs> so I don't know if it exists. All I know is, you know, they, we kept doing. We did a couple of different takes of of the the moment when he starts to tell me the joke, and just because we let the camera roll. Tim would have to improv the rest of the joke every take. And he'll only get a, you know, full thing in. But one time Eric Stoltz, let him, who was directing the episode, let him go a few moments. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but no, there is there is no end to that joke, which, which actually then begs the question, who said what to get Taya to laugh in the scene where she's hearing the full joke in her office? Right, exactly. Well, it, I watched the episode with um, captions at the bottom, and there were there were words that, like, he was saying on the other end of the phone. It was like Henry, and then it said something, but we couldn't. I, it the, wasn't included in the audio, so I don't know. I don't even. I don't even remember what the caption said, really? but it was like some part of the joke. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go look at that after we get out of oh, here. Oh wow! I didn't. Why are you watching it with captions? Uh, we always do. <laughs> You know, there's a setting on your TV that you can fix. That yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk to the AfterBuzz people about that. <laughs> I like watching it with captions just because, you know, a lot of times we take notes because there's specific things that we want to recall when we come on to the after shows. And so, for instance, you know, again, talking about tonight's episode, we have this girl from China. Her mm-hmm. name is Zingpei. Uh, Jinpei. Uh, Jinpei. I think it's, I think it's X... X-I-N-P-E-I. It was. Yeah. And I know that because of the captions. Right, exactly. Let's just know how to spell it. <laughs> you know. So that's that's part of why we use it, you know. Or the the treaty talks that they had, the Henkashu Islands treaty talks. Oh, very good. It's the captions. And I paused it so I could spell it correctly <laughs> in my notes. So here we are. Very impressive. <laughs> you ladies know how to spend a Sunday night. <laughs> really do with you yeah (laughs) hello (laughs) so you know if you remember at all kind of in filming this episode we we didn't see you as much as i would have liked because i like that breath of fresh air and kind of that comedic wit that your character brings you know especially the banter with you and the other members of her staff Uh, yeah well thank you i feel the same way (laughs) good you like seeing so are you comfortable watching yourself are you someone that doesn't like to see your work? No, I never, I never got, I can't watch myself when I know I've done bad. 
like I can't go back and watch something where I know I screwed up like uh, like on live television or, or mm-hmm. things like that and I've I've screwed up. I can't uh, like weird moments that I I know about leaving that live moment and I know it's there. I won't watch that. That I get really uncomfortable about. But anything else that, you know, I did it until I was satisfied with it. Yeah, I can watch that. That's that that doesn't bother me. And and it's fun for me to watch the shows because actually the only episodes I had seen were uh, I had seen the pilot, you know, back over the summer after we filmed it in March and then episode 2, you know, they've been doing these screenings for us like a few days before it airs on TV. They'll show it for us at the production office in Brooklyn. And I watched episode 2 and uh before I saw it on TV and I hated it in the in the in the production office because I think the sound wasn't mixed like they had a they had an unfinished raw version and it left me with this weird feeling and then we watched it on TV and I was like oh my god this is great so now you know it's really made for television and to to really experience it with the breaks and the commercials and 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 sound and and color corrected for TV and all those things so now I said I'm not watching those not final cuts of it yet. Let me. I want to watch it on TV like everyone else. So that's what I do now. I watch it on Sunday nights uh, with with the rest of uh, America and the world. And because, you've been, uh, and you've been and live tweeting it as well. You do the East I Coast and the West. Live office. tweeting, which I do, but I do not like because a I'm trying to watch the show. I haven't seen it yet, and b you're that means you're not watching, but people like it, so I do it. I I like it. I don't like doing it though. I'm with you on that. I want to watch the show and just watch. But then if you're watching it, how are you looking at Twitter? I mean, I don't know. I always have to pause, tweet, check my timeline, and then continue. So, so we have a 30 minute or one hour show that is now two hours. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we fast forward through commercials. There's a whole science to it here. I don't I don't live tweet my shows because. I want to just sit and watch the show. Well, and you're going to talk about it for 30 minutes after. <laughs> right. Or here's what I worry about. I have people following me on Twitter that have no interest in this show. And I'm like, are they now checking their Twitter? Like, oh God, I have to deal with this random person's tweeting about this. <laughs> worries me the people I'm losing by the minute that don't care. About this particular show? Yes. Like my parents. No. Oh, uh, but they care about you. They do. They, so, no, no, they, lo- they love the show. They watch it, and, and they love The Good Wife, so then they keep watching. Oh, I love The Good Wife, too. Oh, so, I know. Sunday nights, call me old. Sunday nights are, like, my night of television. <laughs> 60 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> we have, so we have the, the numbers for our show are crazy, crazy good. I mean, our, the number of eyeballs watching, then you, look at the, then you look at who's watching, and you go, well... Okay, so you know we're going to advertise Viagra and uh, <laughs> and uh, all those things. But uh, listen, I'm with you. I'm watching. I was watching CBS Sunday nights anyway. Yeah, yeah. This just gave me a reason to keep it on CBS. See, so I w- I was so excited to see that the show was coming on, and and now watching it, you know, for us. We talk. I, I don't know that you watch our, you know, after shows, but on the first episode, I, I did. I had never heard of you guys, and then as soon as you guys asked me to do this, I watched the last two. Well, thank you. Oh, sure. We appreciate <laughs> that. You can Skype in anytime you want. We just we have your, your your face. I, have, I would like to talk about some. Uh, let's actually do. Let's go back and talk about like the Mary Tyler Moore show. Do you have like retro nights? I mean, we could for you. We could yeah. probably set something up. 
Just Skype in. We could just open up After Buzz New York. Who can take an nothing day? I'm sorry. There we go. Don't don't apologize. Sing all you want. <laughs> so when you watch these, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation. You know, oh, you know, this character is af- is based on Hillary Clinton, or oh, you know. God. <laughs> Yeah, what's your reaction to that? Because there have been so many different articles and stuff on the internet. It's lazy journalism. Mm -hmm. If you say this is the Hillary Clinton show, you have failed at your job, whatever that is. If you're a reporter who says that, then you have failed at your job or you haven't watched the show. When, When... when that was coming out and being talked about, I totally got it. You know, when were happening, I, I, I completely get the idea that, okay, we see this woman uh, in, in uh, uh, the, the position of, of Secretary of State. She's blonde. Um, uh, yes, she wears some pantsuits sometimes. Totally get that, that people put that with Hillary. But all you have to do is watch one episode and realize this has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton as my perspective anyway is a career politician she is a woman who has made her life politics the good and the bad Um, and she's been doing this forever and she really eats, sleeps, breathes politics regardless of what you think about her politics she is a career politician this is the exact opposite. This is a woman who has nothing to do with politics, wants nothing to do with politics, <laughs> but decides to serve her country because an old friend asked her to. And she felt it was the right thing to do. Other than that, and some shoulder-length blonde hair, I'm sorry, <laughs> not counting that, but it, other than shoulder-length blonde hair, some pantsuits, and the fact that she's a woman... This has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton. And when people go on and on about that, it to me, it's just it's just a cheap like you missed your story. You missed the and and you missed the point. And they're missing some quality television if they're not tuning in because of that. Well, that's the other thing. And, you know, when people want to go off about, you know, that this is some conspiracy to elect Hillary Clinton president, like. (laughs) <laughs> Just getting fresh right over there. <laughs> New topic. Anyway. Listen, for a lot of people outside of show business, you know, everyone thinks they know how this side of the industry works. No one knows anything. I mean, n- no one knows anything. I mean, I barely know anything and I'm in it. So I, it's always amusing to me to hear it's like that classic thing of when, you know, your Aunt Sally tells you, oh, you should be in more of those movies. You should be in one of those movies. Like, like oh, really? Because that's how you think it's that's how you think it's done. You just be in the movies. That easy. It's, it's just so interesting to me how what people think goes on that this show is some, you know, conspiracy to do that. But all I know is every single script is fictional. Uh, this is a fictional character. I don't see one single relatable thing to Hillary Clinton other than the three things I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so working on a show like this and having that sort of have been, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I mean, having that comparison made and now, cause 
that was something in the beginning we're like, okay, is this going to turn into that? And we've seen, you know, one of the episodes, not another Benghazi, you know, mm. well, that's actually referencing a real life historical thing that the country went through. Right. But it would be, see, it would be a Hillary Clinton show if they decided to not mention Benghazi, do something similar to what happened in Benghazi, and then turn her into, you know, use points of what Hillary uh, went through uh, and try to reshape history. Right. But that's not what happened. We're saying from the beginning, this is something similar. Let's not have another thing of what happened that, that time with Benghazi. We're using that as a jumping off point but has nothing to do with that. Does it bug me? No, I think actually in the beginning it was, it's, it's great. It became a talking point. It was controversial and, and that, you know, gets eyeballs and it get, gets people talking. Um, it's, it was just frustrating when people were writing it off and then you would find out they had never watched it. Um, uh, that was the that was the annoying part. Of course. Well, and, and in bringing up, you know, the not another Benghazi, I like. I mean, like the Good Wife. Maybe it's a CBS thing. Maybe these writers and the network is is good at this because I like referencing things that are real. Because I know for myself, I mean, yes, I remembered, you know, Benghazi, and I kind of vaguely remembered everything that I saw when it happened. But I went back and actually read up on it more because I wanted to see how similar what you guys went through was and what actually happened was to see the differences. And I felt like it's kind of educated me more and, and increased my desire to learn about how politics work and how the white house works and how, you know, madam secretary or the secretary of state office works. Like, does she really have the assistant? Does she have the Nadine? Does she have, you know, the speechwriter? Yeah. And yeah, I, I had those questions too. I mean, you know, when we went to DC to premiere the show, I met, with a couple of people down there and asked them how similar. And they said, Oh my God, this is exactly right. That isn't so much, but I like that better. I mean, look, we're trying <laughs> to create, uh, it, not only an entertaining show, but hopefully a little bit of an inspiring show and an aspirational show. If you notice, no political party has been mentioned. We do not know what political party this president belongs to. And, hmm. and obviously the secretary of state does not have a political party because they are not allowed to. We're leaving that out of this. This is not about this. This is about the exact opposite. That's what was so funny to me about the people who were writing in and tweeting in and talking about all these things when they, you know, were going off about, you know, tweeting to me, you know, you crazy Hollywood liberal trying to cover up Hillary. It was like, obviously you haven't watched the show because first of all, I live in New York. Second of all, uh, <laughs> you know, um, you, there's no there's no parties being mentioned here like it's not it's not anything about that it's it's an outsider doing the ju- you know she is us she is you know when we watch the news and you see some politician doing something and we're saying why the hell what is wrong with you if i was in power i would do this that's what she's doing she's us she is the common person being put into a position of power and using her smarts and not her agenda to do her job. That is the inspirational part of our show. And we've talked, we've talked to a couple of other after shows, um, about this, about how we like this show so much because other political shows like scandal and that sort of stuff do have that element of kind of 
overwhelming drama and that scandalous thing. But this show in particular, like Courtney was saying, is very educational, is very inspiring, and it's kind of like, it's really relatable for us and me in particular to be able to understand politics more because yep. I'm not the most involved person in politics, but this is still really entertaining for me and I feel like I'm not in a soap opera. Well, that's great. And, we, and you know, we would say that it's, it's, it's like uh, when people talk about you know, John Stewart and the Daily Show saying, I, I get my news from the Daily Show. And he always responds with, well, I'm, this isn't a new show. I'm a, I'm a comedian. You know, we feel the same way. You know, don't come to us looking for facts. Come to us. And then uh, if you are interested in the subject, like you guys just talked about, you should go and research it more. And it, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, people talk about the, you know, the West Wing effect and how it really affected that generation of people to go, a lot of people to go and work in Washington. I mean, I, I talked about that with some people down there, how a whole generation of people went to work in D.C. because of watching the West Wing. Um, and, uh, you know, wouldn't that be great if we had some sort of a similar effect? Um we do. We you'll start to see some things coming up in this season. We 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 don't go to scandal world, but we we have a little fun. Can you give us any uh, spoilers? A little a little insight. Well, Blake's love life comes into play next episode. Yes. Yeah. Any any hints? To- <laughs> No. That, oh, that's man. a big hit. I think <laughs> no. that, you know. I know. I just she, she's trying to get you to email her the script. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, I want to ask you, you know, kind of talking about this and what you said about uh, Madam Secretary and, and that character and kind of not having her own agenda, you know, because in each of these episodes so far, we kind of see, you know, the crisis come about and there's two sides, two ways it could play out. And, you know, we see the way she has it. And I'm sure there's people out there watching that think it should be one for tonight you know tonight's episode with this little girl or this you know what 12 year old girl from china granting her political asylum or not you know i'm sure people watching some said yes let's do it and others said no 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 you know when you watch do you find yourself getting you know attached to what should happen even though you know how it's going to end not when i'm watching you know because when i'm watching it's so funny because you know we we film it on set and like in tonight's episode, for example, you know, all the stuff that takes place in her office and that long hallway and the dark wood and all that stuff is on set in Brooklyn. But like that big sort of ballroom thing where she's in front of the cameras and she was, uh, you know, they, they sign the thing and they do the handshake. That was at the Waldorf Astoria in Manhattan. Be- it's all supposed to look like one building. For me, I, I can only see, oh, I remember that day we were filming and I knew where my dressing room was. Like, I, I'm seeing what I remember that day. So it's very hard for me to really see it as a storyline in the show. When I first get the script for the first time, absolutely. When that script arrives in my email box, it is like Christmas morning. Because it's not like during pilot season for an actor auditioning and those scripts are coming in. And uh, you have to read each one and they have to memorize the lines and you have to go into the audition room the next day. You know, you, those scripts are coming in. You're going, oh, my God, I get to say this. Oh, th- they're writing for me. Like, it, it's a much more fun experience. And you do find yourself really getting involved in the storyline. And then as you turn the page going, oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, you really do get involved. And then, you you know, you'll email the writer and go, but wait, what about if... And they, they'll write you back and go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's like one of those build-your-own uh, 
you know, choose your own adventure books and you really get to like jump into the video game or the fantasy world of it all and sort of play out these characters. Yeah. You really do find yourself getting involved in, in should she or shouldn't she, or what, you know, do you like that your character just did that? And how do you come to terms with that as an actor? Oh yeah. I have lots of therapy happening. (laughs) (laughs) What's been your favorite favorite, uh, theme uh, to film so far or has it been aired yet? Well, I have to say the one you saw tonight where I go to her house, um, was very exciting because I had never worked off the, off the uh, office floor. The fact that I got to go into her house was like this alternate universe because it's at a different soundstage down the block and, you know, all the family stuff films there and they're always together, but I never get to see Tim Daly or, or any of the kids. And so, um, going going in there and seeing like this alternate universe and they had built the giant it's a it's a big set and they built this giant house that was so gorgeous and and like that was wild it was like you know they have their own crew over there and so that was really really fun um uh we have a really really fun episode coming up i think it's either episode seven or eight i think it's episode oh it's episode seven it's oh no episode eight it's um her office, we take a little excursion, uh, uh, to another country and, uh, some crazy things go down. That was fun to film. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Can you tell us where you go? I can't. I don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say. They haven't, they haven't told us what I'm allowed to say and what I'm allowed to say. Well, we don't want to push it. I mean, well, (laughs) now it's better to get, I'm, I don't know how much I'm going away. All, all I would say is that we're traveling internationally, and um, uh, it, it, you know, Blake, Blake is very put together. Blake doesn't travel well, um, and Blake does not enjoy sweating. So you get to know all of these things. You know, if there's sweat stains involved and his suit is not pressed perfectly, it could be a, it could be a world crisis more than anything else. So, <laughs> so um, you're, you're saying he doesn't get to take his Louie with him. <laughs> it's a fun episode. It was also the first time that we, this, this one coming, the one I'm telling you about where we travel internationally, we, we had to deal with, um, like special effects and, um, uh, uh, what are they called? Um, you know, stunt, stunt people for the first time. And there's a big scene where we were running and, Oh, it's fun. Do you do your own stunts? Well, <laughs> yeah. For that episode, yes. All I had to do was walk off camera. Oh, but good. I got to watch stunt people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we we should probably finish breaking down the whole episode. Do you want to stay with us and talk about tonight's episode? Or do you want us to let you go to bed because it's, you know, almost three in the morning? I'm here. What, is, what, else, what else are you talking about? What else is there to talk about? Well, I want to talk about, so the treaty... You know, we have this treaty between China and Japan. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a silly, you know, it's one of those where they're going to agree on it, but only if the girl goes back. And then it's also kind of one of those where it's over resources or minerals and Japan wants to go plant their flag. And if there's a Japanese flag on it, China's going to bomb them. Yeah, it's basically they kept referring to it as avoiding World War Three. This whole thing is going to break out if they don't sign this treaty. And really it all rests on whether or not this 
um, girl is granted political asylum or not. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, these these the, a lot of the stuff that the secretary has to deal with that it's very it's very showy. You know, it's it's funny because it's like on Veep. You know, she has to deal with all of the things, all of like the stupid leftover projects that the president doesn't have time for. The secretary of state sort of has to deal with real things. But as you saw in the pilot episode, you know, the whole like the dinner with Swaziland mm-hmm. thing, yeah. things that could potentially be just for show or just sort of surface level crap um, or or things that are so down to the who who shakes the hand first that she can she actually turns into she uses it to her advantage and she uses it to the United States advantage and she really makes it. A, a a thing that's not just show. You know, you see in that first episode again that dinner with Swaziland, which is really just for show, and they tell her that she uses it as an opportunity to make sure that the AIDS epidemic is brought to the top of uh, his priority list. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, another thing like that. You know, this these two things ended up in her lap, and she was able to uh, to use them to actually work together, much like last week's episode. Yes. And and I really kind of want to talk to you just because it's been in the episodes from the beginning, George. Yes. And and um Marsh and Nadine. Yeah, I was going to ask were you surprised that Nadine had this relationship yes. with yes. I don't yes. know, well the whole episode she was super she's always been kind of protective of him and like in a loyal way but also like there's something else there. Well, BB, you know, she's such a phenomenal actress and and I don't know if they told her from the beginning. I think they did. That I think they told her from the beginning that she was going to be having, you know, she's had a past with Marsh. But they didn't tell us. Or at least they didn't tell me. And I I was, you know, she was playing it very intense. And all of a sudden we got to the script. I was like, oh, oh, she knew. Oh, that's why she played. <laughs> so she really inhabited this protectiveness of him that... Uh, you know, we were all watching these first episodes. Then tonight it's revealed that she's had this past with him. It's mind boggling to me. I mean, she really made that work in three previous episodes where it wasn't even addressed that you were able to pick up on something. And now it was revealed tonight. I mean, she's really phenomenal. Yeah. And her character is so strictly business. It doesn't seem like she would ever involve her personal life with that world. So it is pretty surprising for her character. Yeah. Which I loved, you know. So there's that, and I and I loved how she was with the script, the script writer, <laughs> the the speech writer uh, <laughs> about you know making sure these remarks matter and making sure that they do him justice. Well, do you think there's something that she knows there about you know his death and whether or not it, there's some backstory there? If it was well, I have the advantage of knowing what plays out in the next uh, episode. Yes. <laughs> Um, so maybe. Hmm. I just feel like, you know, now we're seeing that, she, that he was, Marshall's being accused of wanting to run. And, and so now the president, you know, these people have been his enemies because he was going to try to basically overthrows maybe an aggressive word because we're a democracy <laughs> and, you know, we don't have a king, but, but, you know, trying to kind of step, basically promote, get himself promoted. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still second. I'm still guests trying to figure out some of it myself because there's that talk of you know did he want to run and and you know that 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 
you know, still continually comes up, but it hasn't been totally answered yet, even the episode that we're currently filming. So it's, I, I'm still trying to figure it out myself because there's differing, there's numerous versions of the facts. Exactly. exactly. Well, but that's what I love about this writing, you know, because we see what, what seems like all these facts because Nadine's wanting to make sure these specific details make it into this eulogy or, you know, this kind of speech. And then, of course, after the fact, we see uh, Madam Secretary talking to the President's Chief of Staff, and he kind of brings this whole new spin to it on, oh, you know, the soccer balls, those that wasn't selfless. There was an agenda. Right. And so it's, okay, so now who's lying? Well, I always automatically think it's him. I don't like him. <laughs> Do you think it's, uh... I, I mean, the chief of staff, I always, I, since the pilot episode, I, you know, I'm team, uh, team Bess. He is, he is the world's best bad guy. I mean, Jean-Claude Vonick is one of those actors. I mean, he was so... I loved him from Damages. I mean, that's where I became a big Jelko fan, but... He's he knows how to he knows how to get those guys. He's really he always knows something that we don't. Yeah, I um, don't trust him trust yet. <laughs> no, I'm I don't either. I don't think you're supposed to. I think he's doing his job yeah, right exactly. because you love to hate him. I actually I get to make fun of him a little bit in an upcoming episode. Oh, yay. Yeah. Good. What what can you tell us a little bit about um what are Blake's kind of aspirations for like where his career is going? Because last week the what what's the character's name who kind of basically flat out told um Madam Secretary that he was planning on riding uh kind of the coattails to the to the White House. Um uh, Jay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so does Blake have similar aspirations to that or what kind of where where does he stand uh professionally? Way, way I inv- well the, the the true answer is I don't know. Um what I what I like to believe is that you know Blake is the world's best assistant. I mean, you know those people who are very they show up at the office way overdressed. They're earlier than everyone. They're perfect. Their pencils are in line. Like the perfect, he's the world's perfect assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and prides himself on that. And believe me, I know these people. And um, and he's sort of a career assistant. I mean, that is something that he could be until, you know, his dying day. I mean, he could really be a career assistant. Um, I think what he's starting to see a little bit is uh, – you know, maybe there's a life for him in D.C. because he's new to to politics as well. Uh, we're sort of playing it that. Um, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because I don't know if that's an official thing. But him, uh, Blake, and and um, uh, the secretary have worked together before. Um, but he's new to the political world, so I think um, I, I don't know. I, I I certainly would would love to see the character go that way. Go possibly go into politics. Um, but I just have this thing that like all of it is so not Blake's thing at all. And he's really just there because he loves, uh, secretary McCord and is just there for her. And once she's out, he's out. Um, so I don't know, but I think it would be fun to have him dip his toe in. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what you just said made me think of another question. You so you kind of talked about you know, and I know kind of that person you're you're talking about the 
pencils yeah. in line, first one there, last one to leave, kind of a secretary. And they're always the assistant. It takes the right kind of person to be like that, that patient and loyal and oh, put yeah. your boss above all else. Is. And and as far as, like, the pay scale goes, like, you're nowhere near the top in comparison to everybody in the office, right. you know. But you do it anyway out of this out of thrill or or dedication. But... You know, you kind of said, you know, and you know those people. Do you pull from that? You know, are there kind of people in your real life that Blake is based on? It, they're not really based on anyone in particular, but I've certainly been around enough of those types of people. Um, I've also been an assistant myself, so mm-hmm. I know what that world is. I know how to keep everyone away from the desk and let me finish this, please, and then I will get to your problem. Um, uh, so I, I really did, I pulled mainly from personal experience because I've I've been an assistant to some uh, showbiz creative, high, very intense people. Um, uh, so I sort of I, I sort of pulled from that, and I, I, I certainly pulled from the various people that I've seen in offices and my agent's office, you know, um, uh, and then really just played off the trying to be the opposite of. Of her, you know, because she's so dealing with a million things. You know, how do I get her brain to go? Um, but no one in particular. All right, all right, okay. So the last thing I want to cover from the episode is just George, because we know this is one of her good friends. There's been speculation from the beginning about is this an accident? You know, he thinks her life is in danger now because she's stepped into this role and. You know, Marsha's gone. That was foul play. There, you know. So, what's kind of your take on that? We had mixed feelings in the beginning, kind of like, oh, she's a little cold because she doesn't really react to it. But then, of course, and she doesn't really fight to dig and figure out what really happened. At the same time, like you said, she's got so many things going on. For her to be able to step aside from her job to go detective on a friend doesn't look right you know potentially just kind of it's going to raise flags you don't want raised well we see her finally have that emotional moment that she's been needing to have the past few episodes about george's death but and i think at the when they were at the service for um the, marsh. the yeah for marsh she kind of realized when the other the other two um characters were saying they think it's an act they w- they don't think it's an accident for sure so i feel like that still you know, it's kind of making her worry a little bit. And then she's wondering if she should be more emotional or if she should look into it. And, and at the end of the day, it, it involves her, her position as Madam Secretary. So I want, I want to see her dig a little more. Uh huh. That's all you're going to give us? Fellas! <laughs> I just have to say, my prediction about Stevie's job was way off about her not actually being a host at her. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I made a really wild card prediction last week, and it was proven false today. Do you? So, I mean, <laughs> having gone to watch... So, we guess maybe that was just kind of a cover, that she wasn't really a host in a restaurant. She was just, like, using that as a... I don't know, to get her parents off her back, that she'd maybe taken the copywriting job, or... I don't remember what the other guess was, but... But anyway, so obviously we see that she actually is the hostess in a restaurant, and we get to see this home life that, I mean, the episode, just another normal day, and it's anything but in their in their household. Um, but do you think that kind of stuff actually 
happens. I mean, we see what Senator Fletcher go there and kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, pass along the message. Yeah. Well, to me, that whole thing was like, I feel like since CV is a hostess at a restaurant going against my prediction, thanks very much. But <laughs> I think by her doing that, it's kind of going as far as she can away from what's happening with her, with, from her mom's job. And I feel like she was kind of, she could have been trying to separate herself from that. But then the fact that they're still coming to her and she's still involved very much with, you know, she can't get away from the spotlight that her mom's job like has on her, her and her family. But what do I know? Look at you over there. I know. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, I think that would a senator go to the place where the daughter works? I don't know. You know, maybe that's made for television type thing. But I, I think what makes this show and what makes, you know, Elizabeth McCord such a great character, going back to this thing I was saying about, you know, she's one of us, is that she really, it is just another normal day. I mean, when we look at our lives and sometimes we tell people a story from our life, you know, that it might be crazy or it might be some weird thing, but, you know, we just sort of got through that day and then we woke up and we went to the next day and things happened. And then you wake up again and more things happen. I think it is for someone in that position, it is just another normal day. The kids are arguing, you know, the, the, obviously the, the daughter comes home and, and, and some crazy things happen. Some big things happen. And obviously she has this big new job, but at the end of the day, she really just says, wasn't it the last episode where we saw her on you know, Zappos trying to buy a, a wedge heel, you know, <laughs> and, and so it, it really does have that just another normal day thing. And I think that's what's so interesting about it. You got to remember, we're only seeing, we're coming in once a week, but, you know, more than a week goes by each time that we tune in. So it's over the stretch of some time. Of course. Well, and that's one thing I like about, which we've kind of talked about before, getting to see the home life and, and and now, you know, at first it was kind of like, well, if she's, you know, Secretary of State, there's no way she gets to be home this much. But as the episodes have evolved, it definitely acknowledges that she that- hasn't slept in four days. She hasn't been going home. Blake's having to go get her clothes and do all this stuff at the house, which you going your character, not you in particular, but your character going to her home and just that act of that. You talked a little bit earlier about how she doesn't really know who she can trust, who is on her team, who isn't. So I think it speaks really highly of Blake's character that he is trusted to go to her home, to her family, to get this information, to get her clothes. Um, so that just shows that she trusts him and that he's loyal and i really hope the writers don't 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 have me turn oh, us too I hate that yeah we don't want that we don't no. want that let either. them let them know we don't we don't want that either oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the girls at afterbus said you have to keep me loyal i you know and the way that i look at that though is we talk about you know just uh the episode where it's you know, everybody's somebody's guy until they're your guy. Yeah. And I like to think that you're her guy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so there would have to be some like moral line or something that you guys just don't agree on to kind of make that happen to where we would feel justified and being like, okay, like Blake has to fight for his own belief in this situation. Uh, And and why would they do that? He's got a look on his face like that might happen. (laughs) No. 
Not at least not yet. That no. has not happened in any episode that we filmed so far. You know, I think you're her guy. I am. I, right. I really am, and I'm, and I, I love that. Well, so do I. So do we. I'll speak. Okay. I'll speak for everybody. <laughs> so do we. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That's that. I should maybe I should just stay awake at this point. Just until yeah, tomorrow. It's already almost sunrise there, huh? It's Aww. Columbus Day. I have nothing to do. <laughs> I think you should try to get at least some sleep. Okay. Okay. Just you know. But thank you for having me on. This thank was fun. So I can't much. see you, but I've been looking at myself for the past hour. But you know, <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> They've been looking at us. They've been looking at you for the past. Yeah, yeah, we've got. Yeah, we've yeah. been looking at you too we've on the big screen. So. Yes. I'm looking with any hair and makeup, by the way, at this. So anything that you're seeing is is very <laughs> raw. Hey, you were one of the New York's most eligible bachelors, right? Most successful. No, I think it was eligible. I, vo- I voted for you today. You have to tell us. Was, it, was it eligible or successful? <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> that one. If you win by one vote, you can thank me. That was. Just, wait, that which today. is it though? Eligible or successful? It's eligible. No, I, th- I think it's successful, which is it's really sad. And eligible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can pull as much as you want for that. <laughs> well, where can your fans find you on Twitter, Eric? Oh, I'm at. Eric Bergen, but it's spelled with an H, so it's E R I C H B E R G E N. Wonderful. Where can I find you, Miss Sterling? Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> you can find me <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at Sterling Cates. And I am your host, Courtney Henderson. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at C O U H E N. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. See you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 